Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. I am, as always, so honored and excited to be back here with you this week to talk about personal and spiritual growth for the recovering and secure attachment type. We we had some trauma. We're working through it. We're healing. <laughs> That's life, right? Oh my gosh. Today I have an amazing guest. Her name is Jenna Starkey and she is a fulfillment coach and she mostly works with millennials and she helps them with big life decisions or really changes. I just had a blast talking with her. She teaches a lot of Enneagram workshops here in San Francisco. And so we spend the majority of the conversation talking about the Enneagram, which is an amazing tool to really help you understand your motivations, desires, and also like how you relate to people. Fun fact, the Enneagram was like one of my very, 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 very first healing modalities that I learned about. I think I was like 28 at the time when I found out about it and it's just so fun. So I talk more about how I've used it in my life as as does Jenna. So of course, before we get into the episode, as always, I have my weekly check-in. This week, I kind of wanted to talk about the Enneagram because it's so fun. I share a lot more in the episode, but I just want to add that like finding the Enneagram was like this huge tool to self-discovery. And I didn't know it at the time, but it was a huge tool to be able to face my shadow, to start to face my shadow. Because every time I would read a description of my type, my, my Enneagram type, which is a type two... I would be like, oh, good, please know anything but that. (laughs) And that's kind of how I figured out that that was my type. It really helped me to be able to like talk about codependency and people pleasing tendencies and my resentment that I feel sometimes when I'm overextending myself. It was just like such a critical part of my healing journey. And it really truly was to the point where like, Anyone who walked into my apartment, I was like, you read this book, take this test, (laughs) tell me what you are. And then we would talk about how, you know, we would like, and it related to each other. And my husband is a six and my best friend at the time was also a six. (laughs) And I just like the two six relationship is so special. And that was one of my other favorite parts about the Enneagram is like really talking about how the different types like relate to each other. And and what they learn from each other and then like where they cannot vibe <laughs> very well together. So I remember I made my friend in New York take it and he's a seven. And the description of the two and the seven was like, they're really great together. They can like feed off each other and vibe off each other. But eventually like the two will start to get resentful <laughs> and feel like they're overgiving or something like that. And then the seven kind of like retreats because they feel like they're not being seen. And it was like such a cool exercise to give us the tools to be able to like have that conversation about hard things in our relationship without taking it super personally. And I feel like the same thing happened with me, me and my sexes. We were all just like, lol, this is, this is the pitfalls of our relationship. And this is also like kind of the gifts of our relationship. So I love me a six, love me a seven as well. But sixes really have the ability to, to see far into the future and see things that might become problems. And I don't necessarily think about all of those things. And I'm kind of sometimes like get into a little bit of a happy-go-lucky mindset, mostly because I feel like that served me pretty well over my lifetime. (laughs) But um, there are moments when it's, it's good to like think things through a little bit more than than I um, don't necessarily do. So love, love me a six. I love all the types to be quite honest, but it was really fun to go back there. And it feels really interesting to like layer on top of it, human design, as well as attachment theory, because I feel like within any system, I'm constantly thinking about 
how does this relate to attachment theory? And then also like, I'm curious, like what are the themes from human design that can be pulled in here? And like Jenna talks a little bit today about using human design for specific and non-specific manifestation styles and using that within the goal setting for your for your goals that are set based on like your drive from your Enneagram type. So I love it when systems all come together and they can work function together. And I also love it when you can like overlay a system and start to see kind of the different levers working together. So yay for systems. I know they're not everyone's cup of tea. I truly think they can be really powerful frameworks. And okay, that's that's all I've got for today's check-in. I'm just super pumped to be to be back in the Enneagram. I'll probably take the longer integrative Enneagram test that costs 60 bucks to be quite honest because I'm uh, ready to dive into something. <laughs> all right, if you're loving this podcast, please do me a favor, leave me a review. Please rate the show, do all the things, share it with a friend. I would really, really appreciate it. Your friend would get a lot out of it. The show would get a lot out of it. And basically, you're just sharing some dope free resources with other people. So everybody wins, and I would really appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for helping me celebrate two whole years last week. That feels really, really good. Like, really good. And... I don't know, you know, I'm pregnant, so we'll see what happens this year. <laughs> but I'm excited for many more years to come. You know, we, you know, with this little thing inside, we'll figure out what's happening. Thank you for being here. I love you all. And without further ado, let's get into this week's episode with Jenna Starkey. Jenna, please introduce yourself to the Lit AF audience. Hello, everybody. So I am a fulfillment coach, Enneagram coach, and breathwork teacher. And I work mostly with women, but uh, men and women, millennials mostly, to help them find more fulfillment in their work and personal life. We need all the help. (laughs) We need all the help. So what that means is I'm a life and career coach, and I bring in other elements to help create that fulfillment with breathwork and Enneagram. That is amazing. I love it. I'm so excited to talk to you about all these topics today. I want to start with the Enneagram just because I've like very subtly mentioned on the show before. I've talked about it very briefly with other guests, but I want to do a deep dive today on the Enneagram because it is so exciting. So I'll give you my intro to the Enneagram and then I want you to just like go far and wide with it. So uh, when I was ending my first, like I had just gone to therapy for the first time as an adult, was going through a breakup changed my life. I like felt, you know, like it was time to start to not go to therapy anymore. And at my last appointment, my therapist was like, here's a list of books that you need to read. And on the very top was the wisdom of the Enneagram. Yes. Yeah. She was just like, everyone who works here, because it was like a practice, a lot of different therapists in one office, everyone who works here loves us and have found so much use from it. I don't even think I read any of the other books. I was just like, great. (laughs) So after I like figured out my type finally, which is I'm a two, with a three wing. I like started making all my friends take the test, all my family take the test. And it was like a huge thing for me for a couple years. Like if you walked in my apartment, you were going to get the test. We were going to talk about it. Some people loved it. Some people loved it. Some people had zero interest in it. Yep. And I was like, great. Sounds like <laughs> <Not> my life. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> so that being said, I found some human design afterwards and some other modalities that also really spoke to me. And so I haven't used it as much recently. So I'm excited to like hear you share about how did you find it and why, like what resonated with you so much about it back in the day and now, I would say. Yes. Oh my gosh. So my mom introduced me to the Enneagram when I was a kid. I was about 10 or 11 years old and it cracked open so much in my life, but it started with a real understanding of my my parents. My dad was an eight, my mom was a two, and I was a seven, my brother was a one. And so we just sat around the dinner table and had this just deep understanding of each other's personalities, especially my dad, because my dad thought there was something seriously wrong with me. <laughs> because as a seven, I was like scatterbrained, leaving my jacket everywhere. And my brother was this like very organized type one. And so 
he also, I had ADD as a kid. I still do, but mixed together a seven with ADD is like a lot to deal with. And so my dad, I remember him sitting there. I'll never forget. He said, Jenna, this is just the way that you are. This is the way you see the world and had this like deep, like moment of reverence for me and appreciation for me. And so my little brain just, and my little heart exploded in that moment. And from that moment forward, I really grabbed onto this idea of understanding the way people see the world through the Enneagram. And I like did these living room typing workshops with my friends. I, I ended up doing those workshops in college and just kind of grabbed onto this methodology and never thought that I would be able to use it in my career. It kind of blows my mind that it's it's now really credible and that I can use it in workshops and in my profession. So that's the origin story. <laughs> That is amazing. I mean, I just feel like it's so lucky that you found it so young. It's so cool. Yeah, I know. I am too. A lot of people, a lot of teachers will say like it can be problematic to introduce it too early. So kids don't feel like they're being pigeonholed or, you know, defined. But actually for for me, it was just so useful because it gave us a language to, to connect on, right? We were able to, yeah, just have a, have a tool to have conversations in a really productive way other than you know, shaming each other for the things that we didn't understand. Totally. That's amazing. So how do you use it now as a fulfillment coach? So I onboard my clients with it. So I work mostly over a six-month container with my with my clients. And so it's one of the first things that we do is I give them the integrative Enneagram assessment and it spits out this report. And what it does is it help, helps us get on the same page vocabulary-wise on a couple of things. One is subconscious motivations, right? So when clients are looking to figure out like a direction for their career or figure out what their values are, the Enneagram is the best shortcut to helping you understand those things. And I always, you know, give the caveat that this is inquiry. I'm, you know, I'm only going to, you know, reference what, what resonates and what you relate to. And I've never worked with a client that by the end of the work or end of the report hasn't been really convinced. So it's it's really useful. And it's it's useful for more reasons than just like the the motivation or the blind spots, but it's helpful in understanding the individuals and relationships to others, helps them understand emotional regulation, where they go in stress and growth. So there's a lot. There's a lot. I'm watching Atlas of the Heart, which is Brene Brown's show on HBO Max. Oh, haven't even heard of it. It's need amazing. that. Okay. Highly recommend That's something we doing everyone. after this. It's <laughs> amazing. I swear to God. And I am, <laughs> was shocked that this happened. At the end of like the third episode, she's like, does anyone use the Enneagram? And I was just like, oh my God. Brand loves the a researcher just mentioned yes. the yes. Enneagram. That's and she literally, yeah, she literally was like, you know what? It's not research-based, but I have learned more from the Enneagram about myself than any other tool. Amen to that. And, and that's what I felt my entire life. And so to hear that is so useful because to me, humans are not stationary beings. We're dynamic, mm. right? We move between types. There's so much that's happening as we evolve, right? We were high functioning, low functioning. And so we can't pin that down. Yeah. Very dynamic. And it's a system that can kind of like encapsulate all of it and like handle it at the same time, which is really cool. Um, tell us more about your Enneagram type. My type. Yeah. I am the enthusiastic visionary, the type seven. Hell yeah. So I am motivated to seek fulfillment, which is why I call myself a fulfillment coach. It's, it's an obsession. My focus of attention is on this, like, how can I be fulfilled? How can I experience all of life? How can I be happy, right? Fulfilled. Um, And so that when our focus of attention is on something like that all the time, it creates blind spots. So my work is always to understand that fulfillment does not come from continually doing things. It's like the, you've ever heard of the Tao Te Ching? The Tao Te Ching, Taoist book of fulfillment. And in that book, they say that, Fulfillment comes from the empty cup, which is a small death for a seven. <laughs> what? Wow. Empty cup? We're like, no, 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 no. I need a full cup. I need a full cup. Full cup means overflowing. Duh. Right? <laughs> and it's just like, that's our work is to constantly recognize like fulfillment is not adding more. Right? Mm. It's a coming back home too. Damn. That's my journey. Oh, 
<laughs> That's a tough one. Thank you. Which um, and which wing do you have? You know, wings can change over time. Traditionally, I'm a six wing, so definitely more of a warrior, loyal, skeptical questioner. But you know, as I've developed more in my career and felt more confident, I'm I'm leaning or dipping more into my eight wing, which is nice. Oh, hello. Whenever I think of eight, I think power. So I think that's really exciting. Yeah, it's a good inquiry. And again, I love using like the Enneagram for inquiry. So I always tell people like, what type do you want to be, right? Because mm. ultimately the whole point of the Enneagram is to let go of your type, to be a high functioning version of it, but also to use the other types to help you come back home to who you really are. And so I'm always, I love playing with the eight. Like if I were to be more of an eight, I would say fuck it more. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, I love that. Well, all I ever wanted to be was a seven, so I'm just like, oh, I got you. Just go play, basically. Yeah, we'll go play. Yes, we'll go play. This, I love that. Okay, well, let's go play. I will have fun with you. It'll be so great. But yeah, when I was first trying to figure out my type, I think for like a couple weeks, I was like reading the seven and being like. I am such a seven and my life is so great. <laughs> but then every time I would like pass like a little a little text about the two, I'd be like, shadow, hello. I hope yeah. I'm not a two. And then finally I had to like admit to myself that I was a two. So good for you. Have you ever actually come across that with clients before? Oh, all the time. Okay. <laughs> I'm in really good company. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I think that's I think that's almost it's one of the most common reactions is a little bit of shame. Oh, yeah. We love shame. We love it. Yeah. Well, it's, oh, I'm going to try not to get too into the weeds, but I can go in so many different directions. But, get in the weeds. We, okay, we get love in the weeds. weeds you here. want the weeds? Yes. We love weeds. Yeah. Okay, you. <laughs> so, you know, there's three different intelligence centers, the heart, the head, and the body. And the, the two is in the heart mm. intelligence center. So you filter the world first through your heart. And sevens are head types, so we filter the world first through our head. And so the heart types either suppress, deny, or express shame or sadness. Mm. Head types either suppress, express, or deny fear. And then the body types, eights, nines, and ones, either suppress, deny, or express anger. Which one do you oh. think you – yeah, you do. Suppress, deny, or express sadness or shame. Oh, for sure, shame. I, yeah. I mean, do you suppress it? Or, yeah. or like deny it. Yeah. So that's. Oh yeah. For years. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there I'm, you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm integrating. I'm integrating now. I'm good news. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh, there she is. My most, my most recent therapist who I never talked to her about the Enneagram with, but who knows what her views are on it. When we were finishing, we were kind of also wrapping up our most recent sessions together. And she was like, I just feel like you were done not being able to hold shame anymore. And I was like, yeah, mm. that's it. Like I, was, like I was done suppressing it. I was done bottling wow. it up and I was that's ready to be like, profound. let's let it out. I know. I and so to hear that. you say that that's like a two, I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, yeah, we can let it out. That's so healing. You know, you allow yourself to be more expressed. So a two, when a two is in their most aligned growth phase, they actually move to the four mm. or you can do that intentionally and they are expressing and expressing their sadness and shame, articulating it, sharing it, using creativity, art. Isn't that nice? I feel so seen. Wearing beautiful, <laughs> colorful shirts. Oh, good. I'm just like, I you, see you. you see I see you. you. It's like you get where I'm going yeah. in life. So yep. that feels really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's funny. Okay. So the six, I'm sorry, which which center is that? The six? Um, the six is in the mind. Yeah, the, the head. mind. Okay. Very interesting because I – the other thing that's so great about the Enneagram is like realizing how other people function and my husband's a six and oh, my yeah. best my best friend at the time when I was learning about the Enneagram was also a six. So mm -hmm. I was in a huge six phase in my life. Sixes oh, yeah. are phenomenal people. We love they sixes. Like, we love sixes. Oh my God. They see so – they can see into the future. They're so loyal. Like they think of every problem and a solution for it. They're totally. amazing. And I'm yeah. just like floating around here being like, what am I doing? <laughs> Everything's going to work out. <laughs> I have a lot of friends too. I relate. Oh, they're the best. They're the best. Yeah. But yeah. it's funny because I always feel like I, I just assumed that I process and hold shame in the exact same way as everyone around me. And I'm 
kind of learning right now, literally live processing that maybe that's not true. So my version of that is I uh, suppress fear, right? Mm. As a head type. So I'm always going, I don't, I'm not fearful. I'm not scared of that. No way. But I'm rationalizing everything. I'm like avoiding experiencing what fear is, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? And so if I can actually feel the fear, Mm-hmm. express it articulate it like that's when I'm free but there's just a lot of like my whole life has been a dance of like what fear I don't feel fear it doesn't <laughs> exist totally. anywhere but it's like lurking behind my shoulder and I'm like contorting <laughs> myself in all these different you know ways to avoid 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 <laughs> avoid it and it's like it's not getting me anywhere oh wow and like oh, that's my life journey that's, I mean that's a good one what does it feel like to finally like integrate that I think that's where breath work really came in, actually. Mm. Breath work and embodiment work is it's feeling really empowering, right? So I mean, as a practitioner, right, you're always recognizing that the more that you get into your body, <laughs> the more that you're able to name things and share things and be vulnerable, like you up level in your life, right? It was like a magnetism that happened. So I've been feeling just way more centered and way more like manifestations be are a lot easier to tackle. Mm. I feel like people relate to me better because I'm not rationalizing all the time. I'm just real. Right. So that the The rationalization is the worst when you're talking to someone like that's the the last thing they want to do. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody respects a rationalizer. No, I used to do it all the time. Toxically positive too. Yes. That, That aspect of a seven can be very triggering for people. And so the integration has been like my literal body, my nervous system is, is, way calmer. People respect me more. People believe me more when I say what I, you know, they, they believe what, I, what I tell them. Everything is better. <laughs> That's amazing. I love, I, it's cool to hear real life integrations and like what it feels like. Cause I always feel like I'm really good on this show about talking like about the problems, but like, what does the solution actually look like? So it's cool to, it's cool to hear that. Do you oh, find yeah, that certain, yeah. Do you find that certain types are drawn to breath work? Yeah, certain people are definitely avoid breath work, mm. but certain ty- I think like fours like breath work because they're really being in the muck, right? Mm. At least the breath work that I do is the active three part breath that is releasing hard emotion, and so fours um, can hang out there easier, and they're way more comfortable expressing their truth and being authentic. So. <laughs> There's more fours in my breathwork sessions than other types. But like an evolved three will show up even though they're, they struggle to be with their emotions because they know it's going to help them grow. Mm. <laughs> I find that sometimes I think eights can have a hard time with it because they have to, you know, sit still and they're not in control all the time and like, ah, that can be kind of difficult. <laughs> but, it, you know, I've seen a little bit of everybody on their journey. Yeah, that's cool. I always like to see patterns. <laughs> in I love system. a pattern. So too. that's why I'm asking. I'm like, well, yeah. well, how oh, can we shortcut into healing? Oh, totally. You had asked me at one point, are there different types that have connected with the Enneagram in the pandemic? Mm-hmm. Right? Have, have mm-hmm. I seen any patterns? And I think I've seen a lot of people wanting and gravitating towards seven because mm. people want to experience life or they're finding new ways to try things or feeling like there's they're scattered because they're inside all the time and like their personalities are shifting a little bit. But for the most part, when I get the the results back from the integrative Enneagram reports, it's like even across the board, wow. right? It's not that there are more or less because everybody, when they come out of the womb, for the most part, by the age of five, six or seven, their, their lens on the world defines and your type doesn't change. And it's a pretty even split across the board. Wow. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. But people definitely identify with different types cognitively, and then they take the assessment, and they're really something different. <laughs> mm, so funny. I mean, just bless you. <laughs> More power to you as you're finding your Enneagram type. Actually, can you share like where you recommend finding your type with listeners? Because I feel like hopefully a few of you are looking it up right now. Yeah, the integrative Enneagram is by far the most accurate, and mm. um, it it definitely costs a little bit more. It costs $60 for the standard report. But if this is something that you're really curious about, it is, they say it's 95% effective. So I'm a huge fan of that. And it also gives you 
um, a really solid report with a lot of data. And then if that's too pricey, I recommend the, the ready test, R-H-E-T-I, the ready test, but you can find it, the assessment on the Enneagram um, Institute, and that's 12 bucks. That one's also great. I will link both of those for below in the show notes as well. I, we were just talking about this, that I was like retaking a bunch of free tests. So I want to like qualify that statement that I was trying to find some good free tests to share with listeners for the Enneagram. And my type kept coming up as a three. Now, caveat, at that time I was starting this podcast and I was doing it full time and I was like in total uh, masculine energy like power mode and like really actually kind of now that I think about it, like kind of fulfilling the three archetype. So I kept testing three and I'm just curious, what are you like during the pandemic? It sounds like a lot of people were wanting to lean seven, but like, have you seen other examples of people that are striving towards another number? Yeah. Striving towards another number is actually a really good thing, right? Cause it helps you evolve and create new neural pathways. So there, I think that for the most part is actually a great thing um, because you you want to release your type. However, there are some time, um, some patterns that show like when a type goes to their uh, stress line. So in the diagram, it'll, it'll show you like stress line and growth line, or they call it stretch and release in the or integrative Enneagram. So like for a two, a stress line would be like towards the eight. If you're feeling like, maybe a little bit more controlling or in that prideful place, but like moving towards a three and feeling like, you know, intentional about your own personal goals, like that's slightly different. That's actually can be really positive. So I will definitely see different um, types move, but it depends where they're going. And, and if it's to the like positive qualities or the low functioning qualities. Mm, yeah. Okay. Talk to us more about this stress and the dis- – what is it <laughs> yeah. called? It's called the stress line and then what's the other one? Growth line. Growth line. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that. So traditionally in the Enneagram Institute, that's the language that they use. Your, your home-based type, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you see the world through that lens. But if you're stressed at work, right, or triggered by something, we can – we have a tendency to go towards – one type. So as a seven, I can go to the one, right, which is sort of the lower critical should statements. And I can kind of catastrophize into that. It's a little righteous, I should say. And then when I'm relaxed and in growth or on vacation, or I'm feeling aligned, I can kind of look like a five, right? And the five stays with things longer, right? I'm less scattered. There's um, more quality in my attention. I can read in an entire book. So it's, I call it like shoots and ladders. <laughs> like we can kind of go there faster than other types. But the the um, integrative Enneagram sort of rebranded stretch and release. Oh, cool. Um, because they don't want you to just think that you only go to the low side. Like you only, when you're stressed, you only go to the one. And then when you're in growth, you only go to the five. So now they call it the um, yeah, stretch and release. So your stress line is you want to stretch into the high qualities of the one. So for me, that's an opportunity for growth. So using like um, integrity, right? Being in right action, you know, being more thoughtful about the way that I do things instead of like being righteous and critical, you know, finding integrity is a stretch for me. And then I can also release into the, to the five when I'm not in a good place, not just when I'm in a good mood or on vacation, I can say, okay, Jenna, I'm having a bad day how might I be able to follow through with this and relax into being curious, right? So that those are some examples. Special release. I love that. It's available to you at any time. It, totally. And it's, it's kind of hard to, to remember which one they are. So it's useful to go look at the diagram on the Enneagram Institute website. It's one of my favorite ways of using the Enneagram, actually, is using those types to grow. That's that's so cool. I love that because then you can see because yeah, there's like the levels right at each um, type, and so you can reach for kind of the integrated level each time, which I think Precisely. is super cool. <laughs> Such my a great favorite. Tool. It's my favorite. I'm, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with us about it.
Hey there. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. I know I am. If you're enjoying the Lit AF podcast, I humbly ask you to make a financial contribution to the Lit AF tip jar. Your support will help make this podcast happen. Financial contributions help to cover costs like podcast hosting site, podcast recording software, and it also helps us to pay our amazing, talented podcast editor that brings us these sweet episodes every single week. Monthly and one-off donation options are available, and we've got some sweet thank you gifts for everyone participating. If you're interested in making your financial contribution, please visit sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash tip jar. Now back to this week's episode. Thank you so much. I'm curious. I want to switch a little bit to kind of fulfillment coaching. So you mentioned that you um, work with millennials mostly. So I would love to hear like what are common millennial issues that they come to you for? So I think the primary, given the time in life that we're in a pandemic, people are looking for more fulfillment in their careers. So they're feeling this push and pull between what they really want, between what their friends are doing and what their parents want for them, what feels safe and practical, what's going to make them money. So there's a lot of like voices in their head. (laughs) So when they come to me, they usually say like, I need to figure out why I'm unhappy. Is it my job? Uh, Like, is it even realistic for me to think about having my own business or leaving this industry? Help. (laughs) So that's, I would say 80% of my clients are career focused. Oh, I love it. Um, uh, Also, just so everyone knows, it's always your job. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I'm totally kidding. (laughs) I always spend most of our waking life. Truly. (laughs) Well, I know. It was so interesting because I was really, when I started my business, I really didn't want to just be a career coach and I really didn't just want to be a life coach. And to me, like being able to coach people on both felt so obvious to me. Like we are not work Sarah or personal life Sarah. We're just Sarah. (laughs) We have to solve for the whole thing. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Did I answer the question? That sounds very (laughs) integrative, and I love that. Yes. That's the way my brain works. It's very much like all of, you know, the variables, looking at all of the pieces, customizing the journey, pulling it all together. Like, I I, I don't know how else to operate in the world. (laughs) I'm great. We need you. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Tell your dad that you're doing great. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You're scattered in a beautiful way. (laughs) Funny thing about that is, like, when I um, quit my – last job to become a coach seven years ago my dad didn't speak to me for like four months he thought it was the worst idea I ever had and I had to have my brave moment and say dad you gotta trust me I got this and Sarah I swear to god now he thinks that me becoming a coach was his idea he thinks it was the best thing I've ever done in my entire life dad's You sound very grounded about that, and I love you for that. <laughs> well, it's been seven years, so it's been seven years. I would be like passed. so bitter. I would be oh, so incredibly bitter. You're catching me in a good moment, but I have to tell you, there were a lot of very, very bitter years. Oh, that is better so one. brave of you. That is incredibly oh, brave of you. Thank you. You know, I had a coach that helped me get through it. I honest to God don't think that I would have done that if I did not have a cheerleader saying, this makes sense for you. I like this aligns with your values. Those are your parents' thoughts. These are your thoughts. Let me hold you as you make these courageous choices. Like I was, so the, the phrase that I kept getting stuck in was it's not realistic. It's not realistic for me to be 27 years old and to leave this very flexible job. It doesn't make sense. I live in the most expensive city in the world. I just cannot do it. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. And so the courage happened when I had somebody go, look, (laughs) this makes so much sense, right? These are your values. You can do this. Here are some people who have done it, who are just a step ahead of you. So it was more of like, I realized I could not do it. 
Mm, you know, I wanted so to do it more than I was afraid of it. And that's, you know, the courage was in, in having support really mm. for me. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I do what I do now so I can help people. That's so cool. Yeah. So, I'm so glad you had that couch. <laughs> me too. She's still my so coach. Fun. She's Aww. still around. Oh, that's amazing. So, um, and I'm so curious because I have a biased answer, but I want to hear um, your thoughts on what helps people approach the, like the, the, the job being the issue, or I feel like I need to start my own business being the issue or whatever it is. Like, how do you help people think through those things? Right. So uh, there's a lot of intake questions and, you know, usually, you know, in that first session or two, we'll ask a question like, if I were to give you a magic wand in six months, how would your life be different? And tell me, how do you feel? Right. Less about like, what's the job that you have? Like when you wake up in the morning, what are the variables? Right. And then I'll ask, what are, what are the obstacles in the way of feeling that way? Right. And right away, there's like, my current job is in the way or, Mm -hmm. or my relationship or fears about these, you know, about what to do or not knowing what my options are. So really quickly, those obstacles inform the work, right? And they also inform the goals. So it's it's like, okay, so it sounds like you would like to feel um, more confident about your path, your career path. Okay, that's a goal. Or you'd like to turn the volume down on the inner critic. Okay, that's a goal. Or it sounds like we want to find an environment that makes you feel really safe, right? So maybe that's finding a new apartment. So it usually comes up really easily in the first few sessions, but you have to ask the right questions. And then you you have to refine it over time. Like goals are one of those things that you get what you ask for, what you aim for. (laughs) And I find that some, and the human design actually talks about this too, where you can be a specific manifester or a non-specific manifester, I find that to be really useful for goal setting, where it's like, if you're a specific goal setter, we need to be specific about your goals, need a new job within six months, right? Or if you're non-specific, a specific, a specific goal might stifle you, might actually stall the process. So goal setting is a whole thing in itself. Wow. Sorry. I just had to process something right now. (laughs) Which yes. is I'm setting goals for my job and my boss like cannot – I'm a yeah. specific manifester. I'm not sure if yeah, that actually too. super resonates with me yet. Okay. But okay. when I'm when I'm specific about feelings, that really works. That's for sure. Like that yeah. I can get behind. Okay. Okay. I don't know my boss's human design type, but he like could not we – were, we were in a month-long goal-setting process and yeah. he just – could not write a specific goal with me today. And I was getting so frustrated. And now I'm realizing like, oh my, I have a feeling that he's a reflector that's super open and like it's non-specific. And I'm just like, compassionate. I'm just like trying to harness him into like (laughs) a compartmentalized box where he like cannot be himself. (laughs) Sorry. So that's my own, I'm just like live processing all over the place right now in this episode. But, um, but that's what this is. It's useful, right? Like even hearing you say that is like why we have these tools. It's not just for ourselves, but to help, you know, help us understand others to be able yes. to help us. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. And realizing that like his thought process is different than my thought process, which is different than everyone else's on our team thought process. Yeah. Yes. It's so helpful. So incredibly helpful. Yes. And neither of us is necessarily wrong. And that's kind of where my think thought pattern usually goes is like, there's right and wrong. And it's like, no, dude, there's just, it just is. Right. Well, and oftentimes as a, if, if you are a two, right. Twos oftentimes have great agency and intuition, right. Have a, a, a knowing of like how, you know, what people need or like are able to just make things happen, but there can be a little bit of over indexing, right. It's mm, like sometimes yep. the intuition can turn into a slight assumption right that now no longer is helpful and so just being able to have both like an intuition and then to prune the assumptions that's where magic is right get to be discerning and um and supportive and supportive I feel again so seen thank you (laughs) You literally my life (laughs) you know twos are my most common client by really a, by a long shot and it surprised me I actually had to crunch the numbers I thought nines and then as I looked at the data I was like oh my gosh 
Twos do really well in a coaching capacity because they're very other focused, right? And in order to to like really, you know, I know you love self-love. I've listened to so many of your podcasts. Like self-love, it's where it's at, you know? And it's so true, right? Like being able to focus on yourself fills a two's tank. However, sometimes when a two is in relationship with somebody else to work on self-care, it's like even more impactful. Mm. <laughs> That's huge. I find twos thrive in coaching. I love that. I also think there's something to be said about a two and seven relationship as well. So they're probably drawn to you. Oh, yeah. No oh, doubt. yeah. I, yeah. I think two, there are a lot of two and seven relationship couples in my life that I've noticed. I don't know if that's like a universal thing. A lot of nines and sevens. But yeah, twos and sevens um, are a nice pair. Great pair. Solid yeah. pair. So yeah, I I can see I can see us two's vibing off you for sure. Yeah, well, sevens yeah. like you know we're sevens are very self-referencing. Actually, mm. can be very selfish, right? And it's really nice to have a two be able to anticipate needs. And sevens are very verbose about appreciating and connecting and wanting to turn towards. And so there's actually a, quite a, a a nice the, the circle completes. Where a lot of other types like twos feel unappreciated or sevens feel like nobody's turning towards me or wanting to connect with my ideas. So twos and sevens are able to do that for each other well. well. Like we're here. We're ready for you. Yeah, yeah. We're ready. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's so fun. I love my twos. Oh, me too. Me too. Actually, I don't know if I know a whole lot of twos. I know some twos. We're great people. We're solid people. So good. For sure. The warmest. You guys got it figured out, honestly, right? But the point of life is to love and be connected. You you guys have that dialed in. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Other people Mm -hmm. can learn. We can learn so much. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Okay. So I'm curious for clients that you're working with, you're like working with them on their um, figuring out like what the actual goals are and setting them in a specific or non-specific way, which I fucking love. <laughs> and I'm just curious, like, is there kind of a through line on on what helps people like achieve their goals or accomplish? Is there a formula? <laughs> is that what yeah, you're asking? Yeah. If line? you could just share the secret to life, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, absolutely. So in my onboarding, I, I created a roadmap of like the exercises and the things that typically get people from point A to point B. And it kind of blows my mind how consistent that is. And I've been refining it over time. And so I'll give you the secrets, at least the way that I see it, right? It's like, first and foremost, having a really safe, loving space to be vulnerable and real and to take your time in discovery mode. So where people get in trouble is when they feel a sense of urgency and a lack of space or too much scarcity. So you need to have a good container of space. So I always do six months, three months at the minimum, and then feel like you really trust the person and can go a lot of different places. So once you, once you have that set, setting your goals, you know, really understanding your core motivations, hello, Enneagram. And then from there, really understanding your limiting beliefs, like actually like pinpointing it, right? And we use, I learned about CBT through Lyra and we, um, so I use thinking traps, cognitive distortions. So naming where your brain goes when you're in um, that limiting belief. So things like catastrophizing or should statements. So once you get all of that data and you're clear on the patterns, and you're clear on your motivations, you're clear on kind of what's happening in your nervous system, where you feel safe or unsafe, where the triggers are, then you want to get into values, right? So values never cease to amaze me how much work can happen once we get clear on values. And I think most people come, they're like, I know my values. Everyone loves family. Everyone wants freedom. Everyone's like, no, no, no. We have to get really clear on like, for example, if, if you're miserable in your current job, there are some very specific values that are being stepped on that we need to get clear on. So what we do is like, once you get really clear on the values, for me, it was spaciousness. I felt so suffocated in a corporate job. For me, I didn't realize that that was something that I could really honor. So my coach helped me define those values. So once you have your values figured out, 
Then you want to get clear on your criteria. So if we're talking about a job, it doesn't have to be a job. It could also be like community or relationship, right? And this is kind of like TBM work where you're making your list. What is your mm-hmm. list? What is your criteria? How much mm-hmm. money do you want to make? Well, how do you want to feel? Whatever. So you make that list because you get what you ask for. And then from that place, you come up with prototypes. And this is this is where it gets kind of design thinky. So a prototype, in my mind, is like a bucket of possibility. So it could be like, start my own business. Or it could be a little left or right of where I've been. Or it could be like that one idea I once had. <clears throat> right? But the prototypes only get to be a prototype if it is 100% aligned with your criteria. Mm. So it really helps to have a coach help you kind of brainstorm what those are. Sometimes there's some assessments that can help you do that. But for the most part, you don't need to think like a needle in a haystack. What's that one job that I don't know about that needs to be on the list? We don't need to do that here. (laughs) You can simply work with what you have intuitively. Like, what are the things you've been thinking about? Therapy, counseling. Okay, let's play with that. So once you have, you throw some spaghetti to the wall, then you start gathering data, right? Expanders is a good, um, mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that language from, from TV Magnetic because an expander is a person who has the criteria that you want, is in that prototype who makes you go, if she can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you put people like that on your list, you find some organizations that align with your values, and then you start talking to them, testing them out. And maybe you keep that prototype, maybe you cross it off your list, and you keep going. And so as you go through that process, so much of like, what works in a fulfillment journey is jumping in, trying stuff out, right. And along the journey, we sometimes have to go into a visualization. If we're getting to it in our head, right? Or maybe try some perspective work to kind of see things in different ways. That's the journey. So usually at the halfway point, like of the journey, we kind of reassess, like, how are we doing on our goals? Have the goals changed? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you learning? And then we keep going along the journey, staying accountable to the action items. and, um, And then by the end, it's pretty impossible not to make huge strides when you are committed to like the action and you're getting clear on your values. So that's the journey. That's the secret. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. And I bet you've seen some clients do some amazing things. Can you share any like big, big life changes with us? Yeah. Well, there's one client that always jumps to mind because she allowed herself to really dream big. And she just said, I want to move to Maui and Mm. be a wakeboarder and like start my own business. And it was just one of those, like, that would be cool. And then the more she kind of shimmied close to the work, she was like, wait, no, I really want this. This is really, this would be really amazing. And as we got, we peeled back some layers. She was like, wait a second, I can do this. This actually makes sense. Right. A lot of times, you know, it's like looking at your finances, like this isn't, this is figureoutable. There's a there's a yeah. a plan that we can put into place. We can we can figure this out. So she ended up moving to Maui ah. and starting her own business and becoming a wakeboarder like oh my within the time that we worked together. And it was just ah. like she totally changed. Her energy changed, her attitude changed, her relationships changed. Oh my god. I got Good so many her. referrals from, oh, from her after, afterwards. So that's not that uncommon. I think the only thing that feels so crazy, it's like she moved from, you know, rainy Seattle to Maui within like a certain period of time. Sometimes it's just simply like starting your own business, right? Or like, uh, or like leaving a relationship that can feel Mm. less shiny, like moving to Maui, but it's just as significant, you know? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's huge. Okay. So if you want to move to Maui, which is on my list, um, go work with Jenna. I got you. We'll figure it out. I know. I'm like, where do I sign up? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, is there anything else you want to share with listeners that are on their own healing journey right now? You know, I think the thing that's been top of mind lately is really letting like healing be a little slower and a little bit more personal. You know, I, I love the work of Atomic Habits. It just was reminding you that we only need to make like one percent shifts, right? Like, what is the smallest little thing that you can do? And for me, 
it's oftentimes listening to my other intelligence centers. So we talked so much about the Enneagram today. So remember your three intelligence centers, right? Your, your mind, your heart, and your body. And if you can connect to balancing all three of those out as often as you can, you're going to feel way more integrated. And then you can make little choices from those places, right? Whether it's like your posture, you know, shifting your posture or just going on a little walk. Um, oftentimes we just have one intelligence center way out of whack, right? So if you can just be more mindful about your intelligence centers and just slow, you know, let your shifts be slow and gentle, uh, so much can happen from there. And then healing is way more sustainable. You feel way more proud of yourself. Your, your relationship to yourself is stronger. So that's kind of where my mind is lately is like slow and steady, nice and gentle. Don't forget your three intelligence centers, right? Don't forget we, them. <laughs> we need to get into the body. We need to get into the heart and we need to be discerning in our mind. Oh, I love that. That's so good. And if um, listeners want to follow along with um, what you're up to or learn more about your coaching options, how can they find you? They can find me on jennastarkey.com. That's probably the best place to find me. You can book sessions or you can find workshops that I lead. And um, if you want to find me on Instagram, I'm at jenna.starkey, but I'm I'm not that active, but I do post some cool stories sometimes, I think. <laughs> Love that. And can you spell that for us? Um, at Jenna, J-E-N-N-A dot uh, star, star in the sky, key in the door, star key. Yeah. Easy peasy. <laughs> so good. Thank you so much for being on the show today. This was so incredibly fun. I had a blast. Thank you for having me. It was so good to meet you. And I hope yeah, to meet so you good in to person meet. since we both live in yeah. San Francisco. Yes, we will do that. We will do it. And then we'll just record again for another deeper Enneagram session because this we'll was so that. good. Thank you. That's it for today's show. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. If you have a moment and you're in the Apple Podcast app, please rate and review the show. I could really use all the ratings I can get. And please share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. Of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. And if you're interested in supporting the show and being part of the Lit AF community, Join our Patreon by visiting sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash tip jar. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, lit AF, and I hope to see you back here next week.